Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to We Say Things, episode 216. Suns fan here with the one and only Cinderman Dota. This episode, of yeah. course, is sponsored by Manscaped. Merry Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code WESAYTHINKS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Thank you, as always, to Manscaped, who have an illustrious amount <laughs> of beautiful products, not just for your testicles, but for everything in between as well. Not in between your testicles, but anyway, yeah, you get was, what I'm saying. That's a very niche market <laughs> between there. The taint. The taint. Absolutely. Actually, they do have something for the taint. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it's quite good. I use it all the time when traveling. Mm. Uh, but yeah, thank you as always to Manscaped for sponsoring these episodes. Be sure to check them out, guys. Manscaped.com. We say things 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Thank you also to our patrons, in the In Bruges tier, thank you to Humbled Bookmaker Recommends Cocoon. Partial PCL tear equals more time in to Dota. No pain, no gain. Zarzar is hoping we got a new hero announcement at TI. Kinda, yeah, we did. The Shaz cast, Granite Eater, Mr. I Love the NBA segment, the injuries attacked the Suns and still haven't unleashed their full power. As I use my Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0, I've noticed that Cindern has a lump that I'm scared to go check out. To go get checked out. That Cinderin has a lump. This is the, this is the patron that has one of their balls is called Sin and the other is called Sunstone. Oh, right? well, you should get yeah, that if checked you're, out. If you if you're concerned, get it checked out. Get it checked out. Pepper balls. Yeah. I mean, that's ironic that the next person is named Pepper Balls. Of course, T Coil Rupus Q Ludes is ready to praise the podcast. Stupid Copilot D Two Bowie Lab Dota. Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Magdev. Dota 2 has had millions of users over its lifetime through basically only word of mouth. True. Disco Farm D, the Mega Pope, Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, 01 Hamscrotes. Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Okay, we're down to two, right? Only two people with that name. You sure. guys need to do a cage fight to figure out who gets to keep it. <laughs> We will we will stream it for you and narrate it. Shark TM, Janie Dop, nothing to see here. Ivremont, Ben Broomhead is off to TI. Ben, Ben, come home. It's over. It's been three weeks. Maybe he's heard where the next TI is, and that's where he's headed. 
Oh, it's a uh, yeah. It's actually it's or maybe he's intergalactical this time. He, he's traveling right now. Yeah, he could have taken a boat as well. That's quite a long trip, I hear. Yeah, paddle boat. That is. What an aftertaste, anonymous, and Earth accumulates sixty tons of cosmic dust daily. A steady influx from the cosmos, Mister Niebling. Cosmic that... dust, sixty tons, Shannon. Um, Seems like a lot. That's a lot of dust. Yeah. Now I'll say when I run my vacuum at home, I think if I were to weigh that, and that's a lot of dust. That's probably like a gram. Yeah, that's probably true. Imagine six. Imagine sixty tons of dust. Wait, one gram for your whole house? I don't know. That dust seems weighs low. Nothing. Yeah, but that dust seems weighs nothing. Still seems low. You seem low. But it's cosmic dust. It could be mm-hmm. heavier potentially. I mean, yeah, sixty tons is quite a bit either way. Maybe we could harness it and sell it on the black market. Yes, very interesting. Sounds like something you could use in alchemy. All right. Move along. Uh, yeah, we're doing this a day early, in case you guys didn't notice, because I will be going to a wedding. Uh, I guess I can talk about it next week. I don't know if they want me to talk about it publicly, so I won't. Although I did oh. it on my stream already. Uh, so, <laughs> Well. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Fly's okay. wedding. Fly. Oh. So. How nice. Yeah. Should be fun. There will be some other people there that I'm familiar with. Don't know if they want me, me to say it. Yep, sorry about that. Next time I'll put you on my plus one. Just kick out Nikki, you know? Actually, yeah, I was her I was her plus one. So I don't know that I wasn't see. even. Okay. Now it's fine. <laughs> if, now I feel better. Good. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, and then also, real quickly, for those, I think I mentioned this, I don't know, two, three episodes ago, that we are working on a Kickstarter for our standalone version of Ability Arena. And we wanted it to come out like last week. So it's a little delayed, but we are expecting next week to be the time. Of course, Cinder and I will be showing you it beforehand to get your feedback, and then I'm going to ignore all your feedback, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Jenkins and I, and of course the rest of our dev team, have been working very hard to make it as good as possible. So we're excited and scared at the same time. Oh. One of those situations. Okay. Uh. Let's talk about the patch 7.34e, Cinderin. Very exciting. Can I just start out by saying I read the overall feedback on this patch primarily from Reddit, but there's also been a couple of pro tweets. Holy shit, people are negative. Like, (laughs) what did you guys want from a letter patch except nerfs to all the good heroes? Were they not expecting a letter patch? Maybe? I I don't know. I mean, like, the way I remember it, this was pretty clearly communicated. There was going to be this patch. It's a letter patch. It's the E patch. The E patch usually is, all right, we're reaching the end of this patch cycle. We're going to nerf all the egregious stuff, but we're not going to put a lot of new stuff in the game. We're not going to buff a lot of heroes. We're just going to take the criminal outliers and nerf them. I guess the one thing I will agree with with the criticism is that considering what this patch contains, it should have probably come out earlier because nerf patches like this are usually, how to say, they're usually more, they come out sooner after TI, right? Uh, This didn't have to take three and a half weeks to come out. But I honestly think the content for the most part is pretty good. Like some of the most ridiculous heroes got nerfed pretty significantly 
I saw some of the feedback, for example, I'll just mention Spirit Breaker right now because that's the hero that everybody was talking about ruining all their games, right? Mm -hmm. He got longer cooldown on charge, he got longer cooldown on, on scepter charge, and he got less damage to creeps with greater bash. This is like a really big nerf to this hero, and people thought nothing happened. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like it's clearly, it's always this balancing act where you want to nerf heroes but not make them like, you don't want to nerf them so hard that they just disappear again, right? Well, like, I understand uh, some okay. people want that for heroes they don't like, but the goal of the game is to make every hero viable. So you can't just take the overpowered heroes and send them to the bin I think, and make them borderline So First of all, I right? agree with you for the most part. Uh, I didn't have a problem with this patch because I was not expecting anything more than this patch anyway. I'm not sure where mm -hmm. the expectations came from. Uh, I, am the, I am one that is actually... I'm fine and I actually would want them in certain cases, to over-nerf on purpose a hero because just sick of seeing them. It's just like a... You remember when Medusa was picked literally every fucking game for I know. four months? Yep. I would have been fine with them basically deleting it for a month, then buffing it slowly back up to the point where it's going to be okay instead of these slight nerfs where she's still broken for many months until eventually that fifth patch comes in that nerfs her enough, you know? Like... I can understand right. from like a, a player perspective where they just want something like destroyed and then bring them back up slowly instead of bring them down slowly because we're fucking sick of seeing the same thing every game anyway, right? But I think in that case, like the Medusa example, the issue is that the hero's fundamentals were so broken and they didn't know how much to nerf it to keep it viable but not overpowered. So ultimately sure. it kind of reached the stage that you wanted. Uh it just took longer than it should have because it's with some heroes i think it's very hard for uh for the devs to wrap their head around how good it is in pro and why and i think if you ask the pros for feedback they're not even themselves going to know exactly what it takes right mm. it's like a lot of the time dota is a game of feel and you can run the math and you can show how it's going to change the hero or whatnot but you need to try it in games and see if it's too powerful or not and ultimately, the version of Medusa we got a couple of months later was actually relatively balanced. It's one where the hero stopped being picked every game. It was pickable in some situations. It got played at TI as well this year, right? Uh, just not every game. It was just, it needs good conditions now, which is what you want for that type of hero. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I agree. Like I'm not one to say that I don't get tired of seeing the same hero over and over or playing it or playing against it. I'm in the same boat. But I think the goal should always be to keep the hero viable, but just nerf it so it's not a must-pick, must-ban every game, which was the case for quite a few. We'll get to that now, then. Let's look at the patch. So We don't need to go uh, through the, each line, but I do want to ask one right. question since it is the first one. Eternal mm -hmm. Shroud, Magic Resist bonus increased from 30 to 35. At what point will this be viable, Cinderin? They've been doing I this do for... Not, it's I been five patches in a row, it feels like, where it's yeah. been buffed, right? I just think conceptually the item is not very important in the in the way Dota is played right now. But eventually, if you keep buffing an item like this, right, the numbers just get too good. Mm -hmm. um, but then you're not buying I it for the effect, which is what it should be. I feel like now no, you're buying it for just, the stats. It's just right? a magic resist now. Right, and that's the problem is that Eternal Shroud. It's such a niche item. Like, what hero really wants to buy this over a pipe? Right, that's what you always got to think about. Bristle price point wise, right, maybe. But you don't want to buy that item either. Item on that hero. Yeah, uh, 
I miss when it was like what Bloodstone is. I like the Spell Lifesteal version of Eternal Tra- I don't know mm-hmm. why they changed it. I thought that was interesting. But now it's just yeah. this weird item. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about some of the biggest items of the last patch. Midas and Heart both get nerfed. Uh, people are up in arms that Blade Mail didn't get nerfed. I don't actually really know how I think about how I feel about that personally, because I think it was specifically the combination of Blade Mail Heart that was ridiculous, not Blade Mail in itself. Um, and the nerf to Heart is pretty significant. It cost hundred gold more and it lost five strength. That is a as far as those items go, I want to say it's one of the bigger nerfs we've seen on an item in recent years. Just flat out losing five to the primary attribute of an item and making it more expensive is quite a lot. I think it's possible this item is still too good. Uh, but again, it's, it's one of those ex- examples of what I was talking about that I think it's good to nerf an item by this amount instead of being like, all right, heart no longer provides passive region or loses half of that or something. And this mm-hmm. is like, okay, you know, like, what the hell? Well, I think the so. difference between an item and a hero, there's quite a big difference. Items are purchased every single yeah. game. The hero cannot exist. Like, there's some heroes that just haven't been picked anyway for years, basically, right? Seemingly. I think I would argue that in some ways it can be worse for the game to have one item that's overpowered than five heroes. Because the item dictates the entire meta, right? Mm-hmm. If it's that much too good, then that sets the playstyle uh, of how things get done. And that was kind of the case with Blade Malheart to an extent. And I think this nerf is honestly quite good. I think this is the kind of sizing that I would want to see. And then if it's still too good, you can tweak it a bit more. But it's not going to take much more than this to make this item feel like you don't even want to buy it anymore. So you got to be a little bit careful with nerfing it too much. Okay, heroes... Uh, I guess we should quickly mention that both Vlads and Overlord get plus one armor. Um, they're trying to make these items a little bit better, and it's going to tie into something that happens a little bit later in this patch. So I'll just mention that. Vlads and Helm of the Overlord, four armor instead of three on the aura. Okay, AA. Uh, got a little bit of nerfs to Ice Vortex and the Ice Blast. Not really worth mentioning the details. Then... So why'd you mention AA? <laughs> Because it was, it became meta last patch because okay. of the meta itself, right? AA became one of the top supports specifically because it had anti-healing. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, like, that's, that was literally that, the only but that's, reason. That's literally his role in general since yes. the beginning of time. You pick him for So what's debatable is if this hero even needed a nerf or if the reason it was popular was because other heroes that are getting nerfed get said nerfs right because that's the heroes it's trying to counter right so that's, i don't actually know true. if i agree with nerfing AA at all but mm-hmm. it compared to other heroes the nerfs are also pretty pretty insignificant so first one to get hit big uh big with the stick which people are probably very happy about is bristleback uh he lost 50 max damage on quill spray the threshold on bristleback proccing went from 225 to 300 275 250 225 so now in order to get the lowest threshold, you need to cap it out. People were going for a skill build where they were going 4-4-1 because then you could keep Bristleback level 1 and by taking more damage, have your Bristleback proc a lot more during fights and with Bloodstone and turning your back, you're essentially just exploding heroes. Now you're forced to do the skill build where you max Bristleback if you want that outcome mm-hmm. and that in turn is going to slow down your other spells from progressing. So that's a very big nerf in my opinion, the Bristleback one. Uh, and then finally, Hairball loses 500 cast range and gets three second longer cooldown. So huge nerf to that spell. And the Quill Spray level 20 talent also loses 20% of power. So another nerf to the hero. Yeah, so you got a lot of nerfs. Pretty major one. 
Yeah, this is pretty big. And honestly, I think it's pretty reasonable. And I think the hero is still playable when I read this. I don't think this kills it, but it puts it into more of its place where it's not... I, it always feels weird when it's a patch and bristless first pick, right? I don't know, man. Like, that, that hero just doesn't strike me as a hero that should be first pickable on a pro level because of how one-dimensional it is. If that hero can be first picked, it's a sign that the numbers are off, right? So Yeah, that's true. I think, I think these nerfs are good. Next up in the meat grinder, Chaos Knight loses five base damage. I can't remember the last time I've seen this. You just said that. Uh, he loses five base damage. He gets additional lifesteal penalty, which means he lifesteals less against creeps. Uh, a lot of heroes have a 40% lifesteal penalty against creeps. Chaos Knight, Chaos Strike has 70. So he has a lot worse sustain in lane and deals less damage in all stages, in, especially the laning stage. And his Phantasm mana cost is up by a lot from 75 plus 50 per level to 100 plus 100 per level. So another hero that I, got a lot of I was actually here. looking at this and like, what ultimate, even just level one, I know there's some, mm -hmm. is 75 mana. I couldn't believe it was yeah. 75 mana though. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, you could argue it was too low. I mean, part of the reason the hero was playable with the item build it was, was exactly that. His ult was so cheap that you didn't have to buy mana items at mm, all yeah. to keep it going together with your stun combo. Um, I don't think the extra 25 forces you to do that either on 6, but on level 12 and especially 18, the mana cost here is pretty significant for your hero relative to int gain. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Dark Willow, one nerf. Shadow Realm gets two more second cooldown <laughs> on all levels. This is pretty self-explanatory. The build that became a thing at TI, which didn't have that great of a win rate, but was super obnoxious to look at, where Willow gets uh, Octarine Core, did level 20 talent. We did. Hmm. Uh, that was the game where Talon failed on high oh, yeah, ground against Petboom, right? Yeah. Um, so Willow with... Octarine core and a, a spell prism would have like 0.7 seconds outside of Shadow Realm or something. This is literally just a nerf to that build. That's all I'm reading here. I don't think the hero needed a nerf in general, personally. So, uh, Dazzle's dagger can now be cancelled. Nice. When he uses bad juju, it doesn't refresh dagger. Dumb hero. So only Tinker gets to do that. Very cool. Um, Earth Spirit no longer, or rather, Earth Spirit's Rolling Boulder cooldown only starts when the roll completes rather than when you cast it. So this is another one of those heroes where the hero is just extremely hard to kill with Octarine Core because you would start rolling. When you arrive at your destination, you could roll again one second later. So it seems like there's a pattern here of trying to nerf heroes that just had more or less semi-permanent invulnerability, which I also just don't think is good game design. I don't think it's fun. So, fine with that. Um, I Kunkka is one of the bigger nerfs as well. Yeah, Kunkka gets a big nerf here. Uh, minus 10% damage delay on Ghost Ship. Tidal Wave minus 70 damage, down from 250 to 180. And Torrent Storm lasts a full second shorter, down from 5 to 4, and gains 5 second cooldown. This is another hero that was becoming really, really popular and was very strong. I still think this hero is very playable with this personally four so, again, seconds over five that's crazy that's a long yeah. how many torrents is that that you're losing it's a lot yeah 
but I, I think, I mean, that, that was just so egregious that this seems like a reasonable nerf and the mm -hmm. hero, I think, will still be able to be played in that way. Now it's just less ridiculous, right? So it's fine. Um, I miss the old Kunkka, the one-shotter. <laughs> like, what happened to my yeah. boy, you know? He's changed I mean, I into guess... a water park boy. I wonder how you could bring that back, actually. I'm not sure. But yeah, that hasn't been popular for a while. Uh, Muerta, one of the carries of TI, um, gets nerfed in both roles. She was played mainly four and one. And she loses two seconds duration on the calling on all levels. Thank God. Fuck that spell. This spell was so fucking ridiculous that I don't even know where to start. So I think this is fine. Honestly, I'll rarely champion this big of a nerf of a spell level one, but the calling was absolutely fucking bonkers. Uh, and its movement speed slow goes from 30 to 15 plus 5 per level. So it's just a flat-out worse spell through the entire game, no matter what level it's on. But it is still really powerful, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was, it was fair to nerf this spell. Yeah. Maybe it's nerfed too much. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Necro gets a couple of nerfs. These are smaller compared to other heroes uh, that got nerfed, which I also think is fine. I don't think this hero needed as many nerfs, so that's okay. Uh, Primal Beast was also pretty popular at TI. He loses, he gains some mana cost on Trample. It's max, it's 90 on all levels rather than getting reduced over time. And Pulverize gains some cooldown. And the 25 talent that doubled the duration of Pulverize is now plus 67% instead of 100. Spectre loses one armor. Everybody posts the meme every year uh, or every patch. Um, this is a pretty meaningful nerf to Spectre, but. Relative to what happened to a lot of other heroes in the pool, I think Spectre might become one of the heroes of this current patch. Mm. Specifically because other crazy stuff got nerfed harder, so by comparison she got buffed relative to the rest of the Imba pool, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I think she's pretty good right now. Uh, Spirit Breaker, we covered that. That hero got some meaningful nerfs. Um, uh, the main thing is the greater bash damage multiplier, which prevents you from one-shotting creep waves, and that was what position 3 Spirit Breaker was just doing. Just getting a couple move speed items, spam farming, going Midas, getting huge, and then uh, the whole build-up time, build time of the hero is a lot slower now. I think so the, the issue I had with like, the Shadow Realm and the Spirit Breaker stuff is just felt cheesy, but it was effective consistently. Yes. Like, stuff like that, maybe it should, can be achievable in certain scenarios, but... For it to literally become the go-to build that you can do literally every single time, and it's virtually uncounterable, uh, I'm glad that those two heroes... Yeah. I mean, not that the two seconds is going to kill Dark Willow, but it severely hampers that fucking build that she was yeah. going. And the spirit Oh, you're right. Huge. This is another example of the invulnerability thing we talked about, right? That he also has a slightly smaller window uh, of invincibility, if you will. You're never truly invincible in this hero, but, like, come on. Um, yeah. The charge cooldown being longer also makes him more killable. You could have argued for a bulldoze nerf in that regard instead of the charge nerf, if that's specifically what you wanted to target. But nerfing the charge, again, is a nerf to his farming speed. So this is mainly just slowing his ramp up, which was what made the hero incredible. Like The fact that Spirit Breaker could be top net worth minute 40 at TI, <laughs> to me, is just unbelievable when you think about it. Like This hero used to be shit at farming. <laughs> Everyone's and good at farming now, though, Cinder. Haven't you heard? I know. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but this is like actually ridiculous how he was at TI. Okay. Um, Triant, 
loses five move speed and loses damage on leech seed five per level um or five on all levels i should say leech seed was arguably maybe the best level one spell in dota after the calling so i think this is a pretty good way of nerfing treant without killing the hero i think it still has uh strong laning i think it still has living armors you know key ability of defending towers and buffing side lanes but yeah, nerfing him a little bit like this seems seems okay to me. Maybe this hero, relative to how powerful it is, is the one that got nerfed the least, though. So maybe he needed a little bit more. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's the main stuff, honestly. Weaver got nerfed quite little, despite being a super high priority pick toward the end of TI. Just a little longer cooldown on early levels of Geminate is all he got. Uh, and Wraith King lost three damage on his skeletons, and that's all. So I think he's still pretty good, too. Okay. That is 7.34e. Next. I want to quickly yes. just wrap around to what I was talking about earlier, because I mentioned Helm of the Overlord and Vlad's, if you remember, getting plus one armor. Yes. With a lot of these really powerful heroes getting nerfs, it looks like it's small sample size, it's early days, but with the buff to Vlad's and the buff to Overlord and the hero win rates currently, it looks like some of the aura buyers are back in business. Like Lycan, Visage, Chen are starting to get pretty good win rates. And it makes sense if their key item gets buffed and uh, a lot of the you know really strong counters that would crush them in lane get nerfed, like Bristle and Chaos Knight, which used to make Lycan's life miserable. Uh, they are now not in every game and therefore Lycan is more playable. So just look out for that in your games and in Pro Dota that Zoo might be coming back. It's, it's early, but it's without a doubt, these heroes are just flat out better than they were previous patch. Lycan also got buffed this patch, by the way. We didn't mention that. He got some agility and agility gain. So he scales better. Okay, let's so see how that goes over the next weeks. With that post uh, of the patch, they also came out with a blog post which this is going to be maybe our most important discussion of the day. Uh, I'll read it real quick. It's not too long. Mm -hmm. After nearly a year of coordination and production, the multi-week arena-sized monster that is TI 2023 has come to an exciting close. We've locked up Climate Pledge Arena, we've all seen enough of Spirit Breaker, and we've just shipped gameplay update 7.34e. Time for the Dota team to settle down for the long winter's nap and dot, 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 but hark! What's that sound in the festive distance? No, that jingling of sleigh bells you hear isn't early onset tinnitus. It's the it's magical... Manscaped. <laughs> That's, oh. it, this, that really is sounding like a manscaped. <laughs> it's the magical year-end event we call Frostivus, looming large on the December calendar and arriving with a sack stuffed to bursting with new features, new cosmetics, and some surprises. And the Arcanas, little Timmy asks hopefully, holding up his tiny Dickensian gruel bowl. What the fuck is that? Is that like a Charles Dickens thing? What is Dickensian? Yep. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? Yeah. More more porridge, please. Anyway, few this is awkward. No, Timmy, not yet. All cards on the table. The event surrounding the Arcanas this year has gained a few more moving parts than we initially planned. Enough that we haven't finished everything yet and won't this year but we're looking forward to releasing it in the next few months. And that's not even getting into all the other updates we've got planned, like Hark again. We've said almost said too much. Suffice to say, with TI-23 safely in the books, we got a ton of stuff. Our Frostivus elves are furiously polishing to get ready for the new year. Until then, merry imminent Frostivus, everyone. So, kind of discuss this at the beginning. People very upset. <laughs> 
uh, with this. In addition, mm. I wanted to kind of lump this as the same subject. Subject. We've been seeing. <laughs> I can't tell if it's becoming a meme. If people are, I have not like looked at the threads too deeply, so you guys can tell us in the comments. I've been seeing threads about like literally anything that Yatoro says. Yatoro can <laughs> sit on a fucking toilet, and somebody's gonna make a thread. His toilet seat was too cold. He said, like. Why are we hearing literally every fucking thought that's going through you? I love you, Toro. I don't care if he's talking shit. I don't care what's going on. Why are there so many threads talking about it? I, I don't get it, and I maybe it's a joke that I haven't I mean, fully digested, but it is kind of funny. Honestly, the resurfacing of the Jarul meme is my favorite part of all this shit. Like, every every thread now where you says anything or anybody has an opinion or whatever yeah but what does jerule think that's what i really want to know so I, I don't know man i mean of course people are going to be celebrating and taking the opinion of repeat ti winners and you know when you kind of get branded as currently the best player in the world that will garner more attention i get it uh but yeah i I, I'm I'm kind of with you. It's it's becoming kind of ridiculous, and probably to the point as well where people are starting to post it as a joke. But it, you can't really tell. Yeah, sometimes you can't that tell. It's a joke. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's the I, I'm glad we got Jarul back. That's, so that's so anyway, point. one of the posts that got garnered some attention was, and the reason I'm bringing this up, and the reason I'm lumping it all together is, Toro mentioned that he took a tour of the offices at Valve, and. I think Maposh goes on record saying some of this stuff as well, that uh, there was like nobody on the Dota team. He was very disappointed. And I don't know if he specifically said, he said, thinks the game is dying, but that seems to be like the collective uh, thought, I guess, behind everyone that's posting this shit, that Dota is dying and all this stuff. Anybody that's watched me in the past will maybe I say think, the same thing. Yeah. But it's ironic that I am now defending Val. <laughs> in this moment because this is absurd <laughs> what is going on right now i'm actually so confused i'm the one that's supposed to be doing this stuff yeah i was just gonna say what do you think about be getting <laughs> dethroned as the ultimate doomer of all time i like, know it's kind of it's, it's weird kind of this year has really got everything hasn't it it's a very strange you, one yeah maybe I mean, this is okay. what i was warning everyone about yatoro yeah, right. winning yeah. and then turning into me what's the deal Oh, you guys haven't seen nothing yet. You guys thought you had Doomer? <laughs> Just wait until the entire community becomes the Doomer. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you, as we've talked about, you know, I, I used to be, you know, maybe overly optimistic and naive at times. And you, I would say, used to be too negative. I feel you, like you don't think I'm of, too negative still? I think we've streamlined our expectations and our mindset about Dota a little bit more this year, where. Are you we've saying we've pulled, coalesced? Yeah, we've pulled a little bit more toward the middle, both of us, I think, oh. which is probably reasonable for the for the state of the game overall. Like, I don't think there's reasons to be up in arms and being super angry because things are the way they are, but I also don't think there's cause for, like, massive celebration that this is the golden era of Dota unless, you know, unless the coming year proves to be just that. But I think Valve is trying to bring the game back to former glory through, first of all, uh, changing the competitive schedule and through focusing on gameplay updates rather than hats, which is, you know, honestly, I'm surprised to see how polarizing that has been. The whole decision to focus less on hats. 
right now there's a counter wave to the whole, oh, we're going to focus on gameplay and people being happy about that and being like, yeah, it's nice, we get more gameplay. Now there's posts that are literally like, Valve, give me give me something, I want to waste $300 right now, you know? <laughs> that, that That's honestly, it's a genuine complaint from people that they don't have enough stuff to buy, which to me is a very luxurious problem to have. That sounds great. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully the Arcanas that come out are really expensive for you guys. So yes, so that maybe saves. they'll double the price, so you guys can be satiated <laughs> in your purchase. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of funny. But too, I, I just want to, to reiterate something that we both said uh, in a couple podcasts ago. That like I don't know the details on Yotaro's tour, and I am yeah. I'm just gonna reiterate exactly what we said. Mm-hmm. We. Or somebody that we know, uh, they didn't want to be named, but it is confirmed that this is real, that there's 40 to 50 people on the Dota team. I was allowed to say that as well. Yep. Uh, I specifically asked for permission because I didn't want to be the leaker or whatever. Uh, and my educated guess, this is not like a confirmation 100% or anything, but based on my talks with people in general within Valve, ex-employees, in the past 10 years... Let's, you know, the team for Dota is going to, you know, have its ebbs and valleys and whatnot, or how many mm-hmm. people are actually working on it. My educated guess that this is around the average, if not even higher than average amount of employee, like people working on Dota throughout the entire lifetime. If you take like a snapshot every year, I would say this is mm-hmm. average or higher than average. This is like way higher than I thought was currently on the team as of like six months ago, uh, based on my doom and gloom or whatever you want to call it. So I, I'm actually optimistic more than anything. And I think maybe the par- part of it is like we kind of uh, discussed earlier. I was not expecting anything other than a letter patch. Yes, mm-hmm. this could have come out sooner, sure. But I think in terms of like the big shit that's coming, let's see what happens. Like, yep. I, I feel like part of it is like you have this team that's trying to do a new process i guess you could call it a new because it feels like every couple years the dota team just resets how they approach dota which is fucking weird and annoying but now you have this no cosmetic dota team let's call it Mm -hmm. and i want to see how this plays out over the course of an entire year and then i will be the one to judge of course only me i'm the only one allowed to be judging them cinderin and i think a final note on that that you probably now know more than most is making stuff in games takes a really long time so you know people might have unrealistic expectations of how fast new events get pushed or new content gets pushed right like i think if you're not within the scene and i'm not going to pretend that i am i'm just going to be defending it because i i'm sure you will agree to this now that you're working on your own game it just takes time to make stuff. It's not as quick and as easy as people think. It might be the reason that you think it's as easy as you do is that when it plays, it plays nicely and it feels smooth and like you're like, okay, you know, you already have the the backbone of Dota. How hard can it be, quote unquote, to make an event? It's quite a lot of stuff you need to do. And making an arcana is a lot of work. Um I really, I really think people in general just underestimate. I'm not going to put everyone in that box, right? Because that's unfair. I think some people are more reasonable in expectations about how much work stuff is. But yeah, it's just it just takes a while to make stuff. That's really it. It does. And I've said 
there I do have some criticisms, and I don't know if this mm-hmm. is just one of those things where I would like it to be this way, and they're just not choosing not to do it this way, or if they're just slow for whatever reason. But I think they should be adding more heroes. I love heroes. I think it's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to add them to captain's mode, right? You don't. You don't have to go down that road. I mean, they don't right. usually anyway at the beginning, but it feels like they're adding one hero a year at this rate, which I think is too little, personally. That's, that's where it becomes like, you know, that's just yeah. an opinion. I think making yep. a hero really doesn't take a year, not even close. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, There's different processes to it, and I'm not going to say that I know exactly the full process that Valve goes through, goes through to make a hero, but I've done it within a custom game, so I have a better idea than most people, probably. And I think the design aspect is first of all that's probably the longest if you really want to add it up because you need to have a good fucking idea you need to flesh it out rethink it break it back down restart it like there's you can do that for a long time but i know that they had like a shit ton of concepts for a shit ton of time syndrome talking about 20 Mm -hmm. years of dota they have a lot of concepts and then putting together the hero yeah there's a lot of moving parts but a lot of the a decent amount can go to like you can outsource a decent amount of it. I know they outsource like their SFMs, for example, so that's not even considered Valve mm-hmm. doing that. So I think they could definitely do more heroes, and I wish that they would, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case because they only announced the one hero, and who knows when that's coming out. They said next year, so that could be at any point. I assume it's going to be with this big update that they're working right. on. I think, I think for me the sweet spot for Dota is to get two new heroes a year. I know some people want a lot more than that, but I don't necessarily think that's good. I think it's good to have scarcity and stuff like this. It makes it more hype when they come out. It makes the average quality of hero that gets released better because you have more time to work on it and make it polished. Everything from character design to voice acting to animations to cosmetics, which for me is like the lowest priority on that entire list. But like all of this stuff, balancing, playtesting... If you have to release like four heroes a year, I know this might sound ridiculous because you're like three months. That's such a long time. But I honestly think it will affect quality if you pump out four new heroes a year. And the reason they could do it early on in Dota 2 was, guess what? All the heroes already existed in Dota 1. So the proof of concept was already there. The identity of the heroes were largely there. Um, so you could kind of you know, I mean, shotgun them a bit more. And I, you were catching if, up. If I had to choose, I would say three a year, but I'd be happy with two okay. a year. I just don't think that's happening. Mm-hmm. It sounds like one a year. No, I, I don't think so either. I don't think they want to make three heroes like, it a year. Doesn't to take, me, that's fine. It doesn't know. take six months to make a hero. I, no, I definitely not. That. Like if that's, if that's literally the only thing, again, I'm, I'm not going to pretend here either that this is an eternal, like... That the, the amount of time and effort it takes is ridiculously high. I'm just saying it's definitely higher than what people expect. So, on average. Um, but you're right. If they wanted to, absolutely it's within their capabilities to make three or four heroes a year. I just think two is better, and I think the quality will be after it. Um, you also avoid bloat, which is a genuine concern that I would say happened to League of Legends. They had a time that they were literally shotgunning heroes i think they had released a new hero a month mm. for a year or something and the quality i would say was definitely you know followed that trajectory you, you only have so many new creative ideas and so many new options so a lot of the heroes that came out kind of had just reimagined versions of spells other heroes had because there's a limit to how fast you can come up with something really cool, implement it, code it, well, that, animate the whole shit. That's so why I say like the idea process is the longest, but 
they they should have more than enough ideas now. And yeah. I think the second longest part is once you have those ideas, is actually just testing the hero themselves, mm -hmm. which they can mostly do with current models and like uh, visual effects and stuff. They don't have to make anything new yet for the hero until they've tested out. Like they could have Beastmaster casting whatever spells, right? Just mm -hmm. code the spells, which coding the spells does not take very long, unless it's like something crazy like Rubik spell steal or something. Um, then it takes or, a lifetime <laughs> that takes a lifetime or if it's like a new mechanic like vector targeting or whatever the case you know yeah there's there's exceptions but generally i think coding the abilities is not actually very difficult it's just testing them about i mean that's the thing is like there's so many heroes in dota you have to test for as many cases as possible to find as many bugs as you can and then even when mm -hmm. they do that they release the hero and what happens the first week because there's so many fucking people playing they break it within an hour they find like some abuse that they never thought of because yep. you can only test for so so long uh, and yep. Until AI takes over, and then you should getting them like fully polished. Like, oh, AI, AI can make AI like an entire hero in like a day. Your game and reports the bugs to you, and creates That's the awesome. the hero for and you as well. And creates the fix and the design yeah. and everything. Like you don't do anything. Mm. You're just like you know, create me a hero that I would like. Like within an hour, you got it out there. You know, yeah, you, you love it. this shit, don't you? That's good shit. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Whoever at Valve decided that the new morph ult should be a thing. <laughs> that is to me is the ultimate proof that they are not <laughs> that they are not being lazy with the development of heroes because that's literally just giving yourself a shitload of work to make a cool spell because mm. spells like that just cause so many fucking more bugs than other spells do like the amount of bugs that's been with morph alt and with rubik alt compared to every other spell in the game is i don't even want to know what the factor is but it's pretty ridiculous how much they've had to go through to to fix certain things. Okay. Um, quickly, what do you make of the... Let's go back to the post. What do you make of the Arcanas having more moving parts than they initially planned? What do you read from that? Do you think there's an event coming that they didn't have planned, so they're like making it more elaborate? Do you think they are just going with their initial plan, but it's just proving to take longer than they expected? Or do you actually... Because we've had Arcanas in the past that had... like grand events so to speak right like the pa1 um it, it sounds for example. To, to me it sounds like there is some sort of an event tied with the arcana again yes and do you think it's more than one more than one event or arcana <laughs> arcana uh at this stage i would hope so one arcana mm -hmm. with this amount of time like yeah right. you should have more than one arcana probably I saw I saw a theory that now that they're pushing it, it's going to be a double Arcana Valentine's event with Skyrath Venge. Do you think? Do you think that is likely? No, but that's because cool. That's cool. To me, it sounds a bit far fetched because if they were going for that story, then I mean, you could have made the same story in December, obviously, uh, with those two heroes as the Arcana duet, if you will. You could have made a Pudge um, Santa Arcana. Yes. If you wanted to make money on your arcana, you make one for Pudge, right? Another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he'll be I, the first hero with two personas, and there's only like five personas yeah. in the game. Yeah. Wait, how was it you got the original Pudge one? Persona? It was Battle Pass. No, the original arcana. The arcana. Mm, it wasn't an event, I don't think. I don't remember. It wasn't part of a battle pass, right? Was it just a purchasable one? The, it's called Feast of Obsession, right? 
That's right. Very good. So it was just a regular one in the store, I think. It might have been regular. Yeah. I, I genuinely think if you were to want to make money, you would be better off making a second Pudge Arcana than making an Arcana for any other hero in Dota. Yeah, I'd buy it. It would just, probably. It would just sell more, heroes, I I'd, buy. I'd love Centaur, though. Okay, hey, hey, again, Valve, I know you're listening. Reverse cent Centaur, the head is a horse, the body is a human. People will buy it, okay? And the cart just doesn't work. Like, the Agonist Scepter literally doesn't work. You can't purchase it, actually. It prevents you from purchasing it, so you save the 4,000 gold. Now, wait, if the body is human and the head is a horse, then you could make the cart a bike. What do you think? Sure. I mean, it makes as much sense as the current cart, so that sounds good to yeah. me. Uh, sorry, what were we talking about? Literally lost my train of thought thinking of Centaur. Just, the, just, the, just what you made from the Arcanus thing. I mean, it's obviously just speculation, right? Uh, like the right? Skyra but... Venge thing, I, don't, I, I think it's highly unlikely because similar mm -hmm. to what you're talking about, you're not going to have two heroes that are similar roles. You want... You're going to have a carry, let's be fucking real. You want Or a core, at least. And then maybe a support, but probably two core. <laughs> right? Okay, let's let's talk top three heroes that definitely are not getting the Arcana. Centaur, because Valve hates Chen. Me. Okay, Chen. Definitely yeah. Chen. Yeah. Uh, Chen, Visage, and... Visage. Hmm. I would love to be wrong. It would be so funny. I'm so confident these heroes don't get it, and then one of them does. Uh, I'm missing what my third one is. It's another micro hero. Brood? But it, yeah, yeah, that would be pretty unlikely too, honestly. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Chen Visage Brood. Uh, I'm going to go Centaur, Primal Beast, and who else do I like I to know. play? Uh, because, this is only oh, because they because don't. Because you like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's only Pango. because I like them. Pango, yeah, sure. I could definitely see both Pango and Primal get an Arcana. Well, what would Pango's ult be in an Arcana? Because you have to change the ult. Surely, that's the thing. It's a bowling ball, and you make pins. Yes. Oh. Golden ID. <laughs> that is Disco ball. not bad. Disco actually ball. Bad. I was going to say Beyblade, but they might get in trouble for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's copyrighted, I think. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. The whole bowling ball and pins sounds pretty funny, actually. <laughs> There's no fucking way they're doing that, dude. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Uh, all right, next thing on the list is ESL1 Kuala Lumpur qualifiers. Uh, we're not going to go over every result, obviously, but we will talk briefly about the teams that qualified and maybe interesting yep. storylines uh i can briefly talk about 
TSM beating Nouns in a best of five. Nouns was up 2-0. And their second game was 106 fucking minutes. And they got reverse sweeped. Swept they by TSM. They won a 106-minute game with Meepo. Yeah, that's true. That is crazy. And they had me. Centaur with Cart, which, you know. Yeah. Of course you I mean, at work. 106 minutes, you just have every item, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Everyone was level 30. Ridiculous. Uh, that's wild. And they lost yeah, in 40 they, minutes, 25 minutes, 44 minutes. It's kind of crazy. They, the, the reverse sweep was about as long as game two. You yeah, know? that's about right. I'm fine. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Congratulations to TSM, of course, and commiserations Wait. to Nouns. That's about as close as you can get without getting there. Oh, uh, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. So TSM qualify out of North America. Out of South America, it is, I have no idea how to pronounce this, W-A-W-I-T-A-S-S-A-G-A-Z-E-S. Wawitas! Wawitas Sagazes? Sure. Something like that. I probably butchered it, which is Panda's new team. Mm-hmm. So Panda Knight, Oscar, Dark, Mago, and Lumiere beat out the competition to make it, which means they beat the favorites in the new Boom roster, I would say, were expected to be favorites here. Uh, and Boom, as a matter of fact, didn't even make top four. They lost yeah, in upper insane. bracket round one, and then they lost in lower bracket round two. They got 2 0 by Keed Stars after losing to Mad Kings in the upper. So a bad showing from them right off the cuff. But as I've talked about with Rust or Shovels, and etc., I don't put a lot of stock into what, what happens week two. Like, yeah. it takes time sometimes. Some people just hit the... Hit the ground running a little bit better. Okay, Western Europe had two slots. The first slot went to Team Liquid. Uh, they did not lose a game, so that's pretty easy. Um, yep. They 2 0 Hustlers, they 2 0 Tickles, and they 2 0 Entity, so they make it through. Uh, supposedly, 33 will not be able to play this tournament because he is Israeli and the tournament is in Malaysia. Uh, I forgot huh. who they announced will be their stand-in here. I didn't know Malaysia um, had that. I know that Saudi Arabia had a... I mean, they let them play in Riyadh this time. Yeah. I, know, I had no idea what I'm the pretty, Malaysia is. I don't know if this was officially announced, but I'm pretty sure either it was announced or it's just inferred that he will not be playing this tournament and they will have a stand-in, but I, I'm not 100% they made an official announcement, so I'll hold off on that one. Huh. Uh, but I do think there will be... Okay, a couple of people in chat are saying Saberlight, so... Maybe it's already a done deal, and I just missed the official announcement. But yeah, Grats Liquid, they absolutely rolled it. Uh, and obviously, these early results from them look great with the addition of 33. But again, early days. So, uh, Team Secret get the second slot, proving the haters wrong. Everyone was like, this new Secret roster, what the fuck, man? What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, I think they fucked up in the first open qualifiers, and then they made it through the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I do think... Yeah, they did. They went through Open Qualifier 2. The only three invites were Liquid, OG, and Entity. And Secret beat OG. First, they beat Alliance and Lowers. They got 2 would by OG. Then they beat Alliance. They beat Tickles. They beat Secret. And then they beat Entity. They beat themselves? <clears throat> did I say Secret? They yeah. beat OG. They beat Alliance, Tickles, OG, and Entity. So they made the lower bracket run. They heated up along the way. And honestly... Yeah, I mean, perfect example of Reddit being wrong. (laughs) No, it's it's more like you don't know how like don't judge a team until you see them play a bit, right? Yeah. 
And you can also do the counter argument here of, okay, how good are secret really by qualifying here? Because how good are the other teams? Because they're in a similar situation with new rosters and whatnot. But at the very least, if you qualify in a bracket like this and get top two, you're not shit. I'll say that much. Yeah, okay, I, I would say that's, uh, that's pretty fair. So, um, and then we move on to Eastern Europe. Bet boom, clinch it out. They 2-1 Virtus Pro in the uppers, and then Virtus Pro lose the lower bracket final to nine pandas. So <clears throat> two of the recently classic names out of Eastern Europe will make their repeat here. And interesting for nine pandas, uh, I'll just cover this with their roster. Obviously, we mentioned this, I think we mentioned this two weeks ago when we did the roster shuffle, uh, but they have Ramsey's playing offlane and V-Tune on carry. Um so a bit of a switcheroo there, but it worked out for them still. They still made it through. So and it looks like Roger will not attend the tournament, so they need to find another five. Oh, really? He just can't catch a break, can he? Hmm. Uh, then we have the MENA qualifier, which in reality is probably a two-team qualifier, if we're being honest. Yeah. There were six teams in there, but there's like a there's a magnitude of difference you could say between PSG Quest, Falcons, and the rest of the field, which includes one of my favorite team names, names of all time, Riyadh Chefs, uh, with a an, <laughs> Holy shit, that's an, an icon that looks like the Pringles. Oh man. my god, that's so I, good! I don't know if you can show this on stream, but you guys go go look it up on Liquipedia. Otherwise, Riyadh Chefs with the I, Pringles. Logo. I will be taking a picture on second. <laughs> Unfortunately, the chefs didn't make it. They they didn't cook this time around. But right. maybe if you let them cook longer, this, they'll get there. That's a bit scuffed, uh, but you'll see. There we go. That's their logo. Let me blow that up for you guys. I'm just going to leave that up for the rest of the podcast, I think. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. So uh, the short version of this is PSG, PSG Quest, sorry. PSG Quest knocked down Falcons in the uppers, 2-1. to one, And then Falcons... To a reverse sweep in the... Th oh, well, I say reverse sweep. They were down 1-0 in the finals, and then they won three back-to-back. -back. Um, yeah, so that means Falcons will be the representative for MENA. If you forgot which players are on that team, it is the new roster with Skitter, Malreen, Amar, Crit, and Snaking. Uh, and Quest come up short. There was only one slot here. China! This one was kind of interesting for me with the roster shuffle, like who was going to show up best here. I had my, we talked about whether IG was going to be a, like the team of the region Yeah. Um, with the roster shuffle they had. So to recap, their team is now Monet, nothing to say, JT, Boboka, and X Nova. Uh, very rare that a Chinese team has more non-Chinese players. I actually don't remember seeing this. Oh, uh, that's true. We never talked about that part. Ever? <laughs> I want to say. I, I mean, there's I been international remember. teams playing in China, but this is a Chinese team. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe it's happened, but not at like a tier one team. Yeah, it's very uncommon, at least. And this is a yeah. So three Malaysians and two Chinese players in this team, uh, and IG just crushed. They, they two won their first two series in uppers, and then they went two zero and three zero in the finals. Um, Pretty one-sided finals as well. The longest game was 46 minutes, which in this patch is not that long. Um, so yeah, at least early days for this team look great. The other team that we had our eyes on potentially being interesting was Aster, uh, who 
got knocked out in the lower semis, kind of got crushed by Team Zero. So didn't make it that far. Team Zero, by the way, <clears throat> main name that a lot of people would maybe recognize, CTY, mm. actually made the finals of this qualifier. Wow. An old... Uh, old school. The six-minute king, as they called him. The absolute monster in lane that would just make very questionable mid-game decisions, <laughs> uh, to say the least. He was so entertaining to cast, though. A very interesting player dynamic. He's kind of like, you know, Iceberg of China. Iceberg? Do you, rem- I know. Do you remember casting Iceberg much? I mean, I know. I, remember, I don't specifically remember casting Iceberg. Yeah. I'm sure we have. Also a beast in lane, but then some mid-game decisions that just leave you wondering. Like, okay, if he could have tamed that mid-game over-aggression that he did a lot, how mm. good this guy could have been. Because, right. yeah. You know, if you want to make it to the top of Dota, you need to be the full package. And being good in lane is not enough. You need to be good in the rest of the game, too. Okay. Uh, finally, SEA, Blacklist International. 3-1 Geek Fam in the finals. So Blacklist, the new full Filipino team with Raven, Abed, Gabby, Tims, and Carlo. Good first showing from them. Um Aurora, which many would consider to be the favorites of this bracket, which is the t- old Talon team plus Armel, uh, actually got beaten by Talon. So that is... Uh, ironic. That is ironic, and it's especially ironic because everybody, the, the overall consensus of the community, and I would join this one, was saying this new Talon was not going to be as good as the old one, not even close. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, they beat them out, so... Um, maybe we're all morons, huh? Early days, we'll see. Um, maybe this new talent is going to be hot. Uh, and yeah, they made it to lower finals. They lost to Blacklist. They're two to one. So realistically, might have potentially been the second best team in the tournament because the only team that Talon lost to was Blacklist twice. Yeah. And for Geek Fam, it was the same story. They just had a different bracket. So, uh, or sorry, Geek Fam actually beat Blacklist in the uppers. So maybe. Maybe Geek Fam were just the second best, actually, with that in mind. Um, but yeah, Blacklist make it through. Congrats to them. Uh, Going to be fun to see them play, obviously. Abed back in SEA after years in NA. Um, he's been... I think these are the only two regions he's played, right? I think Abed played SEA for a couple of years, and then he played for EG, and then he played for Shopify for, I want to say, he's, four he's years been, or something? He's been NA for a long time now. Yeah. yeah, he was on DC briefly. I think post me, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about that? I feel like I'm right. You about are that. right, actually. So he had played in NA before, and he played in Onyx as well. That's right. So at TI seven, he played in Onyx. Uh, and then he played for DC. Then he played for Fnatic, which is SEA again. That so is, he's played. That is absurd to think about. He's never won a best of three at TI. Isn't that absurd? That is absurd. Yeah, I wouldn't like. That and is I, literally unbelievable. Honestly, I don't feel like he has choked either in no, general. It's I, like I agree. He's played on the big stage a lot. I think in general he's been playing pretty well uh, at the very least at TI. He, maybe he hasn't had his most standout performances, but not winning a single best of 3 for a player of it's his not caliber like is he's, like for that to honestly happen. almost an unbelievable achievement. I feel like he should be shitting the bed in the games. Like we would know right. how bad he's playing. It's but, I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad mix with him and Bulba and the rest of the squad. They they were consistently together. 
Maybe just needs. I mean, a they fresh, were good uh, in a lot of other tournaments and lands, yeah. right? Like they got a lot strange. of podium finishes. To get podium finishes, you need to win a lot of best of threes on land, and he's done that. Just not TI. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, yeah, he joined EG in September 2019, so four years in NA, uh, and now since October this year, he's back to SEA. So interesting stuff. Um, or sorry, since November, he's back to SEA. All right, let's. That's all of it, right? Yep. That's, all right. Let's that's quickly. We're starting to go over time, Cinderin. You've okay. You've really taken Understood. over this episode. Yeah. I thought you were going to be very uh, brief today because you didn't get much sleep because of me. Yeah. This night was a bit rough. Uh. Okay. Quick roster shuffles and changes and whatnot. Yep. Uh, Shopify announced their new lineup, and this is an interesting one. Was not expecting this. Arteezy, mm -hmm. Yopage, Saberlight, Theolacore, and Kitrack with Bulba as coach. Yep. Really interesting. I, I don't I this is one of those where I don't know what to expect, but I'm I'm gonna say right. this. I have lower expectations than I did for the last roster. And I feel like Shopify, they pay, I'm sure they pay a very good salary. So I'm actually really surprised that they couldn't get more name players. Now, having said that, this could end up being a great roster. Who fucking knows, right? Kitrak, I think, impressed a lot of people with how he played five on OG last season. I think he has definitely improved a lot as a player. One of the most improved players in the last year, in my opinion. Um, and I think Theolacor has also been looking, I would say, overall better than he has for most of his career, if not all of it. So I do think they're getting these names that might not be the most known for the large, the community at large, but who are probably playing at the best of their ability so far. Mm -hmm. um, so, and more than anything for a team like Shopify, this is just a shakeup. Sometimes changing things up a lot like this can be a big motivation booster. I think some of these new players that come in are super hungry and they're playing with, you know, they're playing with RTZ, you know, you're playing with one of the faces of the game. Um, I... I personally, I'm with you. I think on paper, it doesn't look as good as the old team. But I personally wouldn't be surprised if this team ends up doing really well, at least short term. Just flat out motivation boost, um, fresh perspective, new players coming in. Uh, but we'll see. Like, I personally foresee this team either being like in the upcoming big tournaments. I think either they're in the upper third or in the lower third. I don't know. I don't know about you. This doesn't feel like a team for me that will finish like. So you're basically taking two eighth. thirds of the pool here and saying they're gonna be in that area. That's I mean, sure. I know it's not bet, that bold. Of, it's not that bold of a prediction per se, but you know what I mean, right? It's like oh, yeah. it's either this is gonna look hot or it's gonna look really cold. And I don't know. This doesn't feel like a team for me that finishes eighth through twelfth, you know, or ninth through twelfth. It's like either or, and maybe not even seven eight either. Like, either things go really well or they don't. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, let's see. I'm excited for it. I honestly think it's going to be very refreshing for a lot of these players, also the ones that left Shopify, to just, you know, shake things up, see a new perspective. They tried for so long to get the results they wanted. They got some of them, but not enough. Um, and I think there's a good chance that all of their players will look great in their new teams. So, uh, curious for that one. But I don't know when Shopify play, actually. I don't even know what tournaments there are past the... Because they're not playing ESL. Four. 
they're oh. taking a break. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to see them in play until next year, I guess. So right, you want to mention this up. last roster thing? Yeah. So Nine Pandas put Miero on the transfer list. This means that the replacement of Vtune they brought in is now basically official. I guess what they're doing. I don't know why they did this this late. If they wanted to see if Ramsey's on offlane was going to work the way they wanted, um, but yeah, he's now officially on transfer from Nine Pandas, so he's available for other teams that would want to pick him up. And now, I guess the let's say this is the final part of this episode, the one coming up. Uh, I'm gonna quickly do this one after, okay? Because it's right. just too oh yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's yeah yeah, it's open AI, so yeah, you have to yeah yeah, yeah it's AI. You can't not talk about AI, it, of course. It's fucking good. As much as you berate me for being an AI, you're the real fan here. <laughs> oh, I love you too, Cinderin. Oh, that's nice. I can use you Look both hand in hand. You know? Now to suck up to an AI. You've, uh, you've really figured out life, huh? Well, there's a, there's a term okay. for when... Uh, fucking Jenkins was telling me. I can't remember the term where eventually AI will take over the world and they'll be able to resurrect people, their minds, and just mm. trap them forever if they were mean to AI. So you have to be, you have to be oh. very kind to it. So I've been... I have not been kind to the Google voice assistant because it fucking sucks google but chat gpt is fucking amazing anyway continue please okay yeah so final non-ai related news this week uh this is not confirmed but it is reportedly evil geniuses are planning to exit esports entirely by the end of this year so they have about a month they dead son um wow we've talked about this on a previous podcast how eg's management across their games including dota has seemed really poor and honestly this is just a really fucking big shame like if this ends up being true right because this was one of the orgs of esports for me of all time one of the biggest ones one of the most iconic ones and effectively it's been run into the ground in a couple of years it went from being uh a giant to nothing. Their teams were being poorly managed. They got way worse results. And there was a lot of drama involving a lot of their teams in different, you know, at different arenas, if you will. Uh, so it just sucks. Like this, this org, I, I think if you look back, look at this as someone like Alex Garfield, right? Who you put your heart and soul into something like this for many years. And then ultimately he sold it and moved on to other stuff i don't know exactly we don't know the details of how this went down like how the board was the pressure of whatnot or whatever but there's two ways of looking at it as for him one is phew i got out and the other one is man this is one of my life's works that's just being fucking well that tarnished that's right? the one he's been i mean i don't know if he's tweeted recently but we've read some of his tweets in the past where he's been very against a lot of the stuff that eg had been doing the last couple of years yeah. And it's basically what you just said. It's the latter. So it's yeah. very sad that a uh, a dream of his has now been destroyed by somebody else, essentially. But this yeah. was such a... This so was so big too, news right? that AC dug himself out of silence on Reddit. It's the AC, only post I've seen from AC. AC. AC made a relatively long comment. I mean... He made a comment, at least, in one of the threads about EG on the Dota 2 subreddit, basically explaining how it was really instrumental to his growth in, in this field, in his career, and how much this org meant to him. Mm. And he basically echoed the whole sentiment that it's such a big shame that it's gone to shit. 
That was essentially the TLDR of that post. But AC came out of nowhere. I was like, man, this guy actually (laughs) just wrote on the Dota subreddit. He's been silent for years. And just came out to write a post. It's an end of an era. And I, I have to say, I... I mean, I knew things weren't going well, but this was speedrunning your way to making this from one of the top tier orgs in esports to literally worthless now. Or I don't know what they're selling all their shit for, but I think I'm sure somebody will buy like the the rights and then maybe try to build it up again. So it's probably not the end of the org as a whole, I would guess. Based on the evaluation, their record might get beaten by Elon Musk with Twitter. Though. But so far, so far, EGN's in first place. Well, Twitter's not worthless yet, right? It's just really right. bad compared to where it's it was. Lost a, I think its evaluation is down about 60 to 70% since he took it over. So if that trajectory continues, he could beat EG speedrun by still, about a year. He still it has time. It is possible. That is yeah, true. It, it is possible. They are losing a lot of sponsors hopefully. recently, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, this is not fully confirmed, but honestly, the writing on the wall, the, you know, the stories just line up with everything we've seen from EG in the last couple of years. So yeah. it sucks. Uh, and it's not good for the scene. As much as people love to stomp people when they're down and make fun of failures, the success of esports is largely dependent on the big orgs being successful because that's where the money comes in. So yeah. Uh, having failures like this happen just just sucks for everyone, honestly. Even if you were an EG hater and you never liked the org or the team or whatever in whatever game you were following, you should still want them around. Um, Agreed. So, meh. All right, let's finish up with something fucking hilarious. There's no other way to cut it. This has been a literal TV show in the making or a movie in the future. I'm sure there are literal people in Hollywood that are trying, that are lining up to create like it hasn't been resolved so they don't know what the ending is yet but it's already shaping up to be something crazy open ai which we've been talking about you know mm-hmm. uh quite a bit in this podcast and i've been an aficionado as of recently with uh tools that they have because it's just super cool i know that it's controversial in some respects which is understandable uh so sam altman was the mm-hmm. ceo of this company he's one of the founders original founders of open ai which i learned i didn't know this that Elon Musk was an original founder as well. And then oh. he bailed before they got really big. Yeah. So I'm sure he's really upset about that. Now he's made his own it's AI been, company, but you know, that's another yeah. story. Uh, so Good Sam Altman. Track record. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to get some of the specifics wrong here, but I'll give you kind of the gist. So mm-hmm. originally, OpenAI was set up in a way that it was like a nonprofit. So they have like a board that was put together that has a ridiculous amount of control, even though they've changed to be for profit now. Uh, So essentially, Sam Altman, which was the CEO, he's kind of the face of OpenAI. Like when I was talking about the conference that was being held, he's the one that came up on stage and started talking. He's the one that has great relationships with like Microsoft and whatnot. He was unexpectedly removed as CEO out of nowhere. And this was huge fucking news. And with the social media age, it's just like you're seeing step-by-step process of like something just being burned to the ground and then trying to be uh-huh. rebuilt on the fly. Uh, so because he got fired uh, by the board, essentially, uh, his co-founder and pr- current president, which is named, uh, what was his name? Is it CTO Mira Muradi? No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, co-founder Greg Brockman, he also quit. 
in uh, response to Sam Altman being ousted. Then there was a huge response from not just people outside of the company, but within the company as well, wanting, you know, what the fuck just happened? We want Sam Altman to continue being the CEO. They made a bunch of demands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So after this news already broke and everybody's fucking confused what the hell's going on, the next day they bring him back into the office <laughs> to try to renegotiate his reinstatement as the CEO. And the board was being pressured by Microsoft, by investors saying, you you need to reinstate him or we're just going to fucking drop you. Like Holy This is ridiculous. Shit. So they had like a timeline and eventually they did not reinstate him. Uh, so, you know, he's making tweets as this is going on, like live or whatever, like this might be my last time in the building or whatever. Then the next day, there's internal conflict at OpenAI. Uh, it, the story starts to leak about what's happening with the board and whatnot. And there's, really, there's not, I feel like there isn't, I feel like a lot is being kept secret because it's, you know, one of those things that eventually will come out, I'm sure. Um, so Microsoft hires Sam Altman and Greg Brockman, mm-hmm. where the fuck his name is, to head a new AI division for Microsoft. Now, remember, Microsoft is the one that's mainly funding open AI, like heavily, like tens yeah. of billions of dollars. And they're saying, oh, we can do both. Everything's going to be fine. And then one of the, the guys that's being blamed for ousting Sam Altman, who's on the board, his name is Ilya, uh, I forget his last name. He made a tweet saying, I regret everything <laughs> that I did. So he's been rehired. So, sorry, Sam Altman was hired by Microsoft, right, in this new position. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stocks for Microsoft go through the roof. And then after all of that, now there's an article, and we still don't know the, the ending of this, he might still be coming back <laughs> to OpenAI. So we don't actually know. This is the last I checked. Uh, it's fucking crazy. This is like, this is like succession with, with more tech-based. Like it, it's actually a TV show. Wait, he actually came back? Okay, chat is telling us he's back. So this must have happened while I've been streaming. Is this true? Send her in. Look it up for me. I mean, I'm I'm reading the the thread that you linked, which is supposed to be live updated. No, right? no, no. This this oh, one's whatever. not live updated. This was up till Monday. So it's. I know. I checked oh, this I see. this he didn't morning. Update it after Monday. This morning, nothing was new. People are yeah. saying three hours ago. He's actually fucking back. All right, hold on. I'm going to double check this. Well, I just Googled Sam Altman OpenAI and it says former Sam Altman CEO. to return as CEO. <laughs> oh, I love that this happened during the podcast. Oh my God. Dude, this is quite the roller coaster. So they created a new division for him at Microsoft and now he's back at OpenAI. I don't understand. This is so weird. How does this happen? I'm happy it happened though because. Oh, it's a good story. That, that's to say, this is a movie. 100% this will be a movie. Especially if he murders somebody. That's the only way this gets better, right? Somebody's oh, got to get murdered I, now. I've got a good five-hour-old five tweet from Sam Altman. Okay. I love OpenAI, and everything I've done over the past few days has been in service of keeping this team and its mission together. When I decided to join Microsoft on Sunday evening, it was clear that was the best path for me and the team. With the new board and with Sacha's support, I'm looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building on our strong partnership with Microsoft. All right. It's been resolved, everybody. <laughs> well done. Well done. Thank you, chat, for updating us well, on that this one. Is, this is amazing. Uh, 
Oh, I forgot to mention it's that of those- 700 of the 777 employees signed and drafted a letter uh, saying that they would quit if he didn't come back. So I'm sure that had a huge part. Holy shit. That's, you must be you must be a good boss. That's a high for percentage. people to do that. That yeah. is crazy. Now, I, I can't mean, say who's right or wrong in this because we don't know the details at all, right? Maybe I'm Sam Altman is like my... not the guy you want running it for the future of AI, but he's done a good job so far. I what, if, think. what if this whole coup was done by the AI itself? <laughs> What if OpenAI set all of this up? Uh, it started. It generated fake emails that sent around to the owners and to true. the yeah. to the colleagues, and a lot of them saw through it. But some of the people in power got conned by the AI. And its number one step to taking over the world was to change the CEO first to someone that it could control better. So it's but it's ultimately humanity sentience. prevailed. Sentience yeah. has been wow. I mean, I mean honestly, honestly, I'm trying to wrap my head around how does this even start? Like, who, who had what motivation to do this, and how fucking bad of a job did they do <laughs> that they couldn't hold it together for one day? Yeah, they just it's reverse their decision a day it's later. Really funny, reverse it again. It's like a reverse Uno game, <laughs> just nonstop loop. Yeah, that's oh that's the God. updates on OpenAI. Very interesting. And. Okay, and then let's say this is quote unquote resolved. What happens next, right? I, things like what continue? happens to the people that made this? Do you just go back to work and pretend nothing happened when right. you were a part of this? Like it's got to be so fucking awkward for the people involved, right? Well, I haven't read the details since it's I, new. I don't know if, if the board is not the same people, then it's not awkward at all, right? But the seventy people that didn't sign—that's awkward, maybe for because <laughs> they didn't sign to begin with. They're gonna get fired. I don't know, man. We'll see. What a mess. What an absolute royal mess. Holy shit. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, that does it for us here. Thanks for watching, everybody. We appreciate you. Until next time. We do. Sons Fan and Sinner signing out. Peace. Bye-bye. We say things that don't mean Subscribe. Anything. Yeah.